today, Satan. Uh. Boy, KB went so hard on this song. This is such a good track. Mm. Well, today is the first Thread Inception Thursdays. And boy, this is not looking very promising at the very moment. Uh, This is one of those shows that it could be very, very ugly. And you might just listen to it and watch it because you know it's going to be probably one of the worst shows. You know, there's, there's two reasons to watch a show. It's really, really, really good. Or it's about to be really, really, really bad. So you might want to tell everybody if they want to see a train wreck, this... <laughs> This is the place to be. Kevin Rainwater. Come on, Knox. I don't have time to be convicted today. I know. You know what, Kevin? Just because you said that, I just want to know how many times have you read your Bible? And Have you read it like 30 times in the last hour? Because if you haven't, you need to repent. There goes your conviction. Go do it. What kind of conviction? You know, here's what I want to do. Okay, I'm going to tell you about what Thread Inception Thursdays are about, okay? Ooh. Chit, 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 not today, Satan. All right, so Thread Inception Thursdays, here's the concept. There's not a lot of people in here right now. So if you are inside of the uh, spaces, I want you to hit the share button, get people in here. I want to know what's in your thread. I want to, oh, I love that drop. I want to know what's inside of your social media. I follow about 800 people. I'm going to go through some of mine. I want to know who you follow, why you follow them, and what's in your thread right now of content, of social media content. This is the only show of the week that I depend on you for content. And if we don't have any content from you, we're really going to fail. So here's what I'm going to do right now. Excuse me. I didn't mean to put all that in the mic in your ear. I'm sorry. Not today, Satan. All right. I just copied an invite. And I'll send it out on the social media platforms. If you want to tell me or show me what's in your thread, there is a link that's popping up right now that you can dial right into with your phone, right into this stream. I'll bring you up. We'll go through your thread and we'll talk about it. If I don't like what's in your thread and it's getting on my nerves, I will end you or at least in this conversation. So uh, on your social media platforms, which If you're on Locals, I just posted a link there. If you're on Rumble, you should see it inside of the message thingy, Hopper, whatever they call this, the the message thread. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're on Twitter, it's inside of there as well. Matter of fact, I'm just going to post the whole thing on Twitter right now. Let me just bring up my Twitter so you can see it. I'm going to go over to my Windows and Twitter. uh, And I'm going to post what's in your thread. Ah. Not today, say. All right. Uh, what's in your... All right. If you follow me on Twitter, I just post... What's... Oh, that's not That's not how you spell in. Bad, Knox. What's in your thread? I should have capitalized that. Yes, you're right. I should have capitalized that. All right. There goes the link. I just posted it on Twitter. You can click there and you can jump into the conversation from there to for the video if you're in spaces you should just be able to there's only wow where are my spaces people did i pick a bad time no i haven't figured out how to do this on a schedule yet that my schedule is absolutely insane okay but first let me talk about my sponsors i got to talk about new 
HeartTreasures.com, NewHeartTreasures.com. Let me go and share their page with you. Um, NewHeartTreasures.com, this is my first sponsor for Knox Unleash. Now, let me tell you about this sponsor. This is why I like this sponsor. This sponsor is 18 years old, saved up $9,000 of her money to start a company. Talked about her. I've been talking about her since last week. Really impressed with Hannah. Very impressed because she has all of this stuff that she's selling. Look, she has apparel, gets T-shirts and sweatshirts and kid stuff and baby stuff, drinkware, tumblers, mugs. Hey, somebody just popped in. What's up? Who is this? This is Veldemar Kirpins. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, she has all kinds of stuff, and she's working on scripture. And you know what else is nice? If you go to NewHeartTreasures.com, send them a message. You can ask them for certain swag and they'll work with you on designs to help you get the design that you want. But that's not all that they do. They also will take prayer requests. That's pretty cool. Not a lot of people do that. So I really like this sponsor because, well, she's a young lady and she's hustling. And when I see somebody hustling who's trying, I want to support them and I want them to do well because, man, it's that kind of hustle that we need. And I'm sure that it's going to grow into something beautiful. So go out and check out their Website, newhearttreasures.com. Let me go back to my, this is, if you're just joining us, I've already told everybody else, this is possibly the worst show of the week because this is how these things work. Uh, When you are dependent upon your audience for the content that you're going to do for that show, Franklin, what's up, my man? How you doing? I might be leaning on you today because I want to know what's in your thread. You guys are the content. I'm not. I'm just here facilitating whatever content you guys have in your uh, social media feeds. And I don't know why I thought this would be a good idea. Usually it's good for me to kind of create the content and let you guys chime in. But you guys actually get to produce this show. I thought it would be a great idea if we crowdsource content, which means, Franklin, you should be asking for permission to speak so we can see what's in your thread. And you too... uh, Valdemar, I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right. Valdemar Kirpins, I, I don't know why you guys have, and then who's, who's this right here? Jarrell Nichols, a Christian, a son, a brother, a friend, supporter of FC. Okay, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just keep it at that for now. But I'm dependent on you guys. Oh, see, buddy, you know what to do. See, Franklin, he's been on this show before. He knows before he gets the right to talk on this show, you have to share it. And my man shared it. So I'm going to go ahead and invite him to speak. All right, so. Last but not least, before we move on, I want to say thank you to every pub club member, Fight Laugh Feast club member, pub club member. Thank you so much for your support. You guys are the reason that we're able to produce content and to do this and to grow. You, a lot of you have been with us for six years and, uh, well, uh, five years, I think, when we started and uh, when we started offering the pub. But some of you guys... We have people who were giving us money before we had a way to receive it just so we can continue to do what we're doing. And so I want to say thank you. And if you're out there and you want to support what we do here at Cross Politic, go and become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member. You can go to uh, FLF, um, FightLaughFeast.com, FightLaughFeast.com, uh, or CrossPolitik.com, and you can sign up there to become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member or now what we call The Pub. Download the new app. If if you don't have money to support what we're doing, that's totally fine. Hitting the share button, hitting the like button, engaging with us on social media, leaving a comment. That is a form of currency as well. 
You can also download the fight or I'm sorry, it's, it's changed and I've forgotten the language. You can also download the Pub TV app inside your local app store. And that is a form of support as well. We are the ones who control the algorithm. When we engage content, when we engage social media, when we talk on the things that we like and we stop sharing the ugly, stupid stuff that isn't really that good and we popularize that stuff, start sharing the content that's important to us, start engaging with the content that's important to us, and then we actually get control of the algorithm in a very real way. All right. So um, I see a couple more people have come in the room. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Ellie's here. Hey, Ellie. All right. I'm going to give Ellie, invite her to speak. Who else is here? Um, meat-based plants, reform train. I don't know you, but I kind of like you just because of what you said. Uh, sir, if you would like to speak, go ahead and hit the share button, share this show, and I'll open it up for you. Okay. Now that you guys are here, I'm going to tell you once again, I've already put it on social media. I'm going to put it, I'm going to share this link again for anybody who's missed it. Um, where is this invite? If you, this whole show is there you go. It's inside the thread again. All right. This whole show is based off of you. You have to get on and engage and share the content and share the content that's on your social media accounts. So what's in your thread feed? I want to know. All right. Well, we can start with mine. And uh, and we're just going to have the conversation around what's in our thread, kind of just seeing what's going on, where everybody else is at and what's what they're talking about. Um, You know what? No, I talk. Almost every day of the week. Let's open it up to someone else. Ellie, do you have something in your thread that'd be fun? Or at least, I don't even care if it's fun. What's in your thread? So, how do I do this? Do I click that uh, StreamYard link? No, you can just tell what? me, just tell me oh. what's in your thread. I'm oh. the only one who has screen sharing oh. possible. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, something that came up, which I can't find it right now, but there was this video that went around. I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. It's not, but it, it looked like a white couple on a date. He's allegedly a Democrat. And then this hooded individual who it's been said he's black. He, he ended up knifing this white guy and the white guy's trying to talk him down. I don't know if you've seen this video go around, have, yeah. but in the end. Yeah, so that came up and the chatter that I was seeing was that this is what happens when um, it's sort of metaphorically for Christians who don't want to engage in the culture of war. So basically, the war is coming to you and you're going to get killed. So if you don't do anything, that's you're like that white guy. And supposedly uh, he did die and it was very tragic like that. So that was up on my thread. Oh, well, the way to be peachy there. That's just that's just. It's just, just great. Um, it's, I, I it's the first thread Thursday. <laughs> thread Inception Thursday. Um, all right. Yes. I'll come back to you later. I'm going to find something a little more happier. Does anybody have anything else <laughs> that might be a little more cheery about? Th- Here, there is something to be said about that that I think is true, though. I mean, unfortunately, for the last probably 50 years or more, maybe more, I think Christians have been... R- under the illusion that they could continue to have church and that their church that they have um, is going to be somehow left alone from the outer perimeters of secularism. 
And because we've had things so well, this is the problem with blessing. I don't know if you know this, but this is the problem with blessing. We have such great blessings in the West. Blessings that come from the Calvinism, to be honest with you. Hard work, diligence, God-fearing. And so we've had great blessings. So when you have great blessing, it puts the type of momentum inside of a culture and society that even when the engine is turned off, the vehicle can coast for a little bit. And I think the American engine of faithfulness has been turned off for a while. And the last 50 or 60 years or so, we've been able to kind of coast with the, some forms of comfort as if things are always going to be like they were previously. And we're coming to the realization that's actually not true. I think more and more we're coming to that realization. I think every generation is getting a little worse and a little worse and a little worse uh, as far as how much the church itself can't be in its own little enclave and not get touched by secularism. But there's a fallacy even to that, though. Why would you think that the church, God's instrument on earth to proclaim his lordship, somehow can be stuck in a corner and not be effective in culture and society? I've been really confused, not so much about how Christians have become comfortable with the idea that they can be in the corner and not touched by just give us our religious freedom and leave us alone. Wait a second. Do you have the kind of Christianity that can serve and worship the true, true God and not mess with everybody else's religious freedom? I, I don't understand that kind of Christianity. Like, I, I really don't. I don't understand the kind of Christianity that can serve the true God, go and sing psalms, worship the true God, and engage in righteous living in their house homes with their families, creating businesses that help other people engage in society and culture. Wait, oh, I'm sorry, not that part. We just worry about our church and our family. How, what kind of Christianity do you think you have that is not going to impact and infect culture and society? I was just on Jason Whitlock's show. See, this is supposed to be y'all's show, not me. Why am I talking? I want some more threads from you guys. So find your threads and I'll pull you up and we'll talk about. But this is Lily. This is Ellie's fault. She's the one who messed up this, this conversation because she brought this up. But I was talking to Jason Whitlock yesterday. I was on his show last night on Fearless. You should. Jason Whitlock's show on Fearless is probably one of the best shows that I watch when it comes to sports. There is nobody else who's doing the kind of commentary that he's doing or is having the kind of shows that he's having between cultural commentary and sports. I love it. And I love it because I'm a contributor on there. And no, I don't watch it to see myself. Maybe sometimes. Shh. But I was on his show last night. And one of the things that I said was that we used to be the kind of Christians who would break the laws of other nations just so we can sneak the gospel in. We would smuggle Bibles into other countries that made it illegal for us to bring Bibles in because we knew that if we can get the Bible into those places, if we can get the Bible into the hands of people in their language, if we can get the gospel there and churches were going to be built, we knew that society itself would not maintain the current environment. Um, think phase. We knew I'm going to read that comment in just a second. Actually, I just put it up so everybody can see it. But we knew by sneaking Bibles into these places that as souls were saved, the culture and environment would not stay where it was. Somehow, we tend to believe now that sanctification is Gnostic, that sanctification doesn't work itself out in culture and societies and into politics. 
and into environments, into business deals, into business sales. Sanctification works itself out everywhere because worship works itself out everywhere. When the children of Israel found themselves in a bad place, it was because their worship was broken. How was their worship broken? It was broken because of idolatry. Idolatry is the thing that affects your crops. Idolatry is the thing that affects your economy. Idolatry is the thing that affects your geopolitical relationships. Idolatry is the thing that affects your borders. And everybody is willing to talk about borders. Everybody's willing to talk about climate change. Everybody's willing to talk about um, geopolitical situations. But nobody's willing to bring this chicken home to roost. Rooster. And talk about idolatry. That's where the real problem is. I don't care if you fix your borders. I don't care if you sign some sort of treaties with other nations. They're not going to hold up when you have an angry God against you. When, you don't have, when you're not repentant, when you haven't found your, uh, when you haven't repented of your sin and repented of your idolatry, you can try all the things you want and it won't matter. It won't matter. None of it will matter. Idolatry is the biggest problem. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Why do they overrun you? Why is it your borders are overrun? Because you have forgotten the God of who set, brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You forgot the one who's freed you and you've given. Oh, I was just reading this. Oh, I got to find the book. I'll tell you the book. Because I was just reading it. I think it's J.K. Bill. Because um, I got it on Audible. Hold on. Be patient. You get your social media threads. I'll come to y'all in just a second. We become what we worship, I believe, by G.K. Bill. Yeah, we become what we worship, G.K. Bill. I was reading that last night. Good book. Recommend going and getting it because I'm probably going to talk about it a lot. What's up, my man? James Hall. He got his own show. James, what's your show again? Hero Stuff. I believe that's what it is. Good you came in here support. Uh, Redemptive Reversals. Oh, I do remember that book from. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, But in this book, Bill's making the case that part of what we see with idols is not so much that we're just turning our affections away from God. That is part of idolatry. We are turning our affections away from God and to other idols. But it's more about what we're trying to say about the true God as well. Part of what's inherent in idolatry, another multifaceted part of it is that in idolatry, we are looking to say that the true God doesn't have eyes to see so we can do whatever we want in his presence. The true God doesn't have ears to hear so we can say whatever we want in his presence. The true God really doesn't do anything at all, but he's formed by our hands. So Restoring Heroes Project, that's my guy, James Hall. Good podcast, good show. Uh, I like him. Um, but we are saying, a, we are, it's what we're trying to say about the true God that is just as problematic about turning our affections from him. He's stiff and he's deaf, dumb, and blind. You seeing that about the God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, who has saved you from your sins? And that's how, ugh, ugh, yeah, yeah. They said, 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 2. Now, I gave y'all a link. I'll give y'all a link again. If y'all want to come in here and enjoy this conversation, instead of just typing, you can click the link and I'll let you inside the conversation. All right. So nobody else has asked. I'm going to give, I see some people in here. I'm going to give y'all a chance to speak. 
but I want to know what's in your thread. If you haven't shared this, you don't get to you don't get to talk. Raise your hand if you have an interesting thread. I want to I want to talk about your thread. I want me preaching all day long. Okay, nobody's chopped in, so I'm gonna go to my thread. I've been preaching the whole time. Eric Kahn's the first thing in my feed. Okay, first thing in my feed technically is me because I'm sharing the link for you guys to chat with. Eric Kahn, I like that dude. Hardman Podcast. He's a G. I wonder, um, I'm going to try and plan a little of this. Y'all tell me if you can hear this. The HR lady's not going to bring him to the office and reprimand him. for. Can y'all hear that? Thumbs up if you can hear it. Somebody give me a yes or no. Okay, good. Thank you, Ellie. Ellie's the only one who's engaging with me right now. I don't like th- Y'all man going to let a woman outdo y'all? Really? Really? Wow. Way to step up, dudes. All right, let's start this over with Eric Kahn. First thing in my feed is Eric Kahn. He's talking with... Ooh, I can't see. I need to button this up. But he's talking to somebody about anti-fragile men who aren't beholden to HR departments to speak truth and to push the Overton window right, including... The Worthy House. Oh, the HR lady's not going to bring him to the office and reprimand him for something that he said on Twitter. Um, that's a good place. It's a very freeing place. I mean, you're you know basically in that position. You know, I'm basically in that position. But when you're in that position, I think, and I was telling this to Andrew, you know, Isker, uh, the other day, that you sort of have an obligation because there's so many of us are sort of um, we're imprisoned by the our economic. Um, you know, situations, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You need to take care of your family first, for sure. Uh, but for those of us that do, that can say something, I think we are morally obligated to say something. And I think Charles has done a very good job at that. I mean, he could have, he could have kicked back and just, you know, consumed his way into his old age if he wanted to, but he is willing to confront these things. He's willing to talk about and um, popularize a lot of these ideas that he's been reading over the years. So Charles is someone who's absorbed um, so much um, obscure right-wing thinking uh, from Europe, uh, but also from the United States um, that's basically transpired over a thousand years. We have, a, we have such a great archive of historical Western writings that deal with a lot of these difficulties and Charles has absorbed that and he's helping to shift the Overton window in a way that a lot of people can't. Uh, the HR. This is interesting. I think he's talking about Charles Haywood. I believe that's what he's talking about who we had on the show. And if you want to know more about him, you should go look up the show that we did with Charles Haywood. Uh, oh, my boy James is in the car. All right. Well, that's on you. Don't act like you can't talk in the car and do video in the car. That's, that's on you, bro. There's no, no pity here at all. I know you could do it. Um, <laughs> You just don't want to. But that's all right. That's all right. I still love you anyway. I'm happy that you're here and enjoying you. Uh, you know, I was. this goes back to the same thing that um, I think his name is Contra Mordor. You know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was I was on Whitlock last night. One of the things that Whitlock said was that a lot of people inside the MAGA movement don't feel like they have a voice. And I think that's true. I think that's how they feel. I think that's how they feel. But I don't believe it. I don't believe that's really the situation. I believe they do have a voice and I believe they have a really big voice, but they're not using all of the, all the platforms now that are available to them to be able to have that voice. And part of the thing we were talking about on Whitlock was whether or not, you know, how do we, the biggest, the last bastion or the last, um, he wouldn't say, uh, well, let's say the last bastion of, of TV is really NFL, like football in the in the NFL. That is the last 
you know, pillar of television. And it's the only thing that people gather around to watch, which is a Super Bowl. There is no other. Remember TGI Fridays? Uh, you had Full House. You had Urkel, uh, Family Matters. You had who else was on that? Um, well, I can't remember all the, all the shows on there. Wow, that's really bad. But you had this whole set of shows that happened every Friday night. And from, so from 7 to 9 o'clock when I was growing up, our whole family would sit down and watch television at that time together. That is gone. There is no TV show. There is nothing on right now that people sit down really around the television at a certain time in America and all gather to watch that thing. And there's only one thing left, and it's the Super Bowl. And that's where all of American culture gathers around to that moment, I guess unless you're Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and you have, you do a live event with the president uh, at 45 and right during the debates going on in Iowa for the Republican. Yeah, that, that's probably the only other time people gather around. But that's different. That's kind of different. But I, I digress. Um, but there, is, there really isn't anything else that big. And so it's really incumbent upon the liberals to capture, and everybody else for that matter, one of the most important times where you have the most amount of people engaging. And so they've gone after the Super Bowl. And he's like, the Super Bowl has bent over to them and given over to all their liberal things. There is nothing godly happening at halftime. Unfortunately, he's right about that. There isn't anything wholesome taking place there. I mean, technically, it's probably like a strip club streamed is what that is. If you're watching halftime, we can't even watch it with our family. And he's like, let's boycott this joker. And instead, and I like that he's talking about boycotting it, not with nothing, because sometimes when people boycott, um, you know, they don't do it like Jeremy Boring does. I, I, I have all of my hangups with the Daily Wire and Jeremy Boring. I have some really big hangups. But when they at least decide to do some sort of boycott or to capitalize off a boycott, they capitalize with something. It's like we're just not going to lead a boycott to not engage with Hershey's chocolate. We're going to make our own chocolate so we can replace Hershey's chocolate since they've gone gay, right? They're at least fighting with something. I just want them to be a little more proactive and saying, Hey, what do we need to be doing? That's good for our people that can bless them and not wait for a boycott in order to do it. But that's just not how God has decided to give us this at this point. I'm willing to accept that. So Jason Whitlock and is trying to put together some sort of event where other people who have streaming platforms, other people who have uh, social media platforms, other people who create content can come together and put on an event that day that would give some form of information and content creation that would rival that of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know that's a big idea because everybody who likes football says, what am I going to I love football and my family comes over for that. I get it. But he's trying to make a point because what he wants to do is say, hey, if we can do a 15 percent drop or a 10 percent drop in ratings because of what we're doing, then we get to offer them our demands. Then we get to say to them, hey, we want you guys to do this. (laughs) And I think one of the things he said might be his demand uh, was. He wanted John MacArthur to lead the prayer at uh, halftime and. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember all the things that he offered, but he was he's thinking about, hey, how do we actually have Christianity be the face, be present to somehow move 
or extinguish some of the secularism that is running rampant inside of that culture. He said, because we don't show that we have some power. And I thought, I actually thought that wasn't a, a, a bad idea. Now, don't forget, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that the mega crowd feels like they don't really have a voice. Uh, somebody said, stop playing football on Sunday. Well, if we're going to talk about the idol, let's talk about it. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a big idol in the room. It's elephant. Nobody likes that one, but my guys are right. Um, but the MAGA crowd could also buy ads. We don't have to just play on the outside of the field. Ads is just an issue of money. And if I remember correctly, us Christians, we actually, we, we really do have a lot of money. We don't talk about it a whole lot because we feel bad for it. But evangelicalism, if you start looking at their spend, we got some money. Look, let me tell you something. The SBC by themselves could probably buy all the commercials for one whole year at the Super Bowl. And if they were smart, they would take that money and they would diversify it and say, hey, this ministry, you guys go buy a Super Bowl ad, go make your Super Bowl ad. You guys over here go make your Super Bowl ad. We're going to make everything at the Super Bowl. We're going to make it Christian on the commercials. And everybody's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That, let me tell you something. Our enemies, Big Pharma, the left, the liberal left, Money is, is, is just a means to an end, and they know exactly how and where to spend their money to be able to change our cosmology. They have been doing it in Disney for a very, very long time. They've been doing it in colleges and educational institutes for a very, very long time. And let me tell you where other they're doing it in our states. Big Pharma in Idaho is outspending Republicans almost four to one. Now, what makes you think, what makes them think is the question, that somehow Idaho, as red as it is, is somehow capable of being bought by Big Pharma? Huh. Whatever it is, they're not doing that to waste their money. They're doing it because they know that spending it here is effective. The Democrats in Idaho outspend Republicans Almost two or three to one. We can't get comfortable. Like this is there's an opportunity sitting right in front of us. Instead of all that complaining, how about buy some Super Bowl ads? And then the pushback usually is, but what if then they don't let us do our Super Bowl ads and, and then we don't have a chance? Then we're completely voiceless. It's like, are you kidding me? You guys, Tucker Carlson loses his position at Fox because we all know that he's telling the truth and he's he's not being the status quo. He's actually having conversations that we think are bold and we know that there before he got fired, we all knew there was going to be conflict. We were waiting for it because we know that Fox wasn't nearly as conservative or didn't want to say the things that Tucker was saying. Tucker gets kicked off of Fox. Let me ask you a question. Did he get bigger or smaller? When Shadrach, Meshach, and the, and the bad Negro got thrown into the fire, did they win or did they lose? So long as that fourth man was in the flame with them, they winning. Y'all, we got a fourth man that can be in the flame with us through every little battle we take. And we don't take those battles because we whine and complain way too much. They outwork us in almost everything. 
And we sit up there and say, oh, I'll give you another example. Where's your, you guys, this is not, I mean, this is not Knox Thursday monologue. This is supposed to be Thread Inception Thursdays. I'm going to have to look at my thread again, see what's going on. Oh, a thread from John MacArthur. Oh, this is interesting. Here's, here's, here's uh, my last thing on this. Somehow we tend to believe that the government shut us down. 2020, everybody looks around and they said, man, the government shut us down. They locked us in our houses. Yo, the government didn't give you rights. God gave you those rights. The government recognizes the rights that God gives you. And when a government chooses not to recognize the rights that God gives you, you have every right to make sure that they recognize those rights that God gives you. And I'm talking about not at all talking about violence. Not at all. I say, well, they'll arrest us. Come on, y'all. Yes, 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 they will arrest us. But you're a Christian. You have a manual that tells you what to do in jail cells and that the jails themselves are not safe for us because we are the ones who convert people. So people in jail, when we go there, get converted. So it doesn't stay that way. That's how we went. There isn't a place. I love this line that somebody said. They didn't know you were seed when they threw you in the ground. That's how it is being a Christian. We have the gospel. Everywhere we go, it's dangerous for them, not for us. So when 2020 came and they wanted to shut us down and tell us not to go to church and tell us not to have school and tell us not to go to work, the people who made that decision wasn't them. It was us. We said, "Uh uh-oh, guess I shouldn't do this. Guess I shouldn't go to church. You kidding me? They don't get We're the ones who shut ourselves down because we're Americans. We have laws about this stuff. We are Christians, first of all. I just expected way more at the beginning, way more Americans just to be like, Wait, 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 wait. They didn't give they didn't give me these. So they can't take these away from me. I'm going to keep acting like an American until they figure out that they need to be in line. And me acting this way and holding the responsibilities that I have and and engaging the way that I should be engaging is going to put them and shift them into the positions that they need to be. But I'm going to stay right where I need to be at. And <laughs> and guys, this is easy stuff. This is easy stuff. This is exactly what I loved a lot about Malcolm X and some of the civil rights movement. We didn't have to ask for the permission to be free. We are free already. Let's act like it. We are Christians. Our God has died for our sins. He went into the grave, was justified because he was righteous and bore them all and rose from the dead, has claimed all authority in heaven and on earth to himself. We are free. We have liberty. Liberty is the idea, is the ability to be able to do what is right. Because of Christ, we have liberty. If anybody, if anybody should feel like free, it should be us. What is the standard of freedom? How should we be engaging in the culture? And we should need to walk like it and not ask for permission. And a lot of people that are inside of the MAGA crowd, I'm like, you guys have plenty of opportunities in front of you and you're crying because nobody... You don't need nobody else to do it. Go do it. Go be free. Go act free and let them catch up with you. I always want to ask the question, who's chasing who? Who's chasing who? And I ask that question off of Deuteronomy 28. 
I guess y'all don't want to talk. Cause so then I'm gonna talk. I guess it's threat inception. <laughs> Thursdays is gonna be all about Knox's mental uh, inception with Knox in his mind. What's he got on his mind? This is it. We'll try next week. But who's chasing who? That's always the question with me. And I get that from Deuteronomy 28. Either you are chasing them because of your faithfulness to God, or they are chasing you because of your lack of faithfulness to God. Yep, there it goes. The wicked flee when no one is chasing. <laughs> Unless you're under judgment, though. There is a, there is a, the wicked will chase you if you are not fearing God. That's Deuteronomy 28. Why are your borders overrun? Because you don't fear God. And because you have idols in your land. But, and here goes, this is chief in culture. The wicked flee when no one is chasing. There is, that is true because that's scripture. But when we turn our backs to God and we're getting chased by the wicked, then we know something is broken. Because we know that the wicked just should be fleeing. And so when we complain like, oh, we don't have a voice. Have you even used half the things at your disposal that you should be? Tom Vigorito. I think I said that right. I had, oh, he shared it. All right, Tom, you get to come in and please tell me that you you have a thread because, um, boy, I just been talking. All right, Tom, you got the floor. Vigorito, Vigorito, did I say that right, Tom? He's connecting still. Y'all be like Tom and engage. James, I see you still listening. Preach, preacher. That's right. Tom, you're not connected yet, so I don't know what's going on there. Oh, I got to try this clip from John John MacArthur. It's in my thread. I'm going to play it while Tom's getting connected. Hey, Tom, bounce out um, and come back in. We'll see if uh, we can get Tom in here. All right. Until then, let's listen to John MacArthur. He is the only God. And he is, according to Scripture, absolutely sovereign. Amen. Now, by that I mean he's absolutely in charge of everything. Amen. Everything. He controls everything. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. He is the... I don't know what the point was, but I totally agree with John MacArthur on that one. (laughs) All right, y'all. Y'all didn't want to talk. Okay, I've got one more. Ella, you got any more in your thread? Uh, nothing that's light and fluffy. <laughs> oh, I got something from DeSantis. Hold on. Let's see what... Uh, oh, no. All right. What's, what else you got that's not light and fluffy? Let's go. Let's see it. Let's hear it. Um, actually, no. You know what? No, I, I got something fun. I got some... It don't have to be mm. fun. Even if it's not light and fluffy, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, wait, I'm just looking through right now. Okay. I got something Um, from DeSantis if you don't. Yeah, you go. All right. Well, it turns out most of these folks were so fed up with what was going on out there that they pick up their lives, their businesses, their families, and they move across the entire continental United States. You did that. There you go. You did that too. You did that too. From California. Okay. Yeah. And so you're seeing that. So that you did you move too? 
Okay, from California, Michigan, where? New York, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, where? Nevada, California, where in California? Oh, San Francisco. Of course. You? Where? South Africa. You know, it's a good point. We were the focus of freedom, not just for the United States, for all over the world during COVID, we had people coming here. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But can I bust a little bit of a bubble? Um, I, I went, I was in Florida a little bit in the beginning. I think it was in May. I went to go film in Florida in May. Florida, uh, 2020. Uh, was it May or 2021? Somewhere around there. Oh, I had to go back and check. I can't remember. Right in the middle of the pandemic, early parts. Um, it wasn't so free. It was, it, was, it was not so free. I remember when I flew into Florida, coming from Idaho, I could not get out of the gate unless I signed a piece of paper that said I was going to quarantine for 14 days and that they had to have the address from where I was at. They also needed to know the people that I was going to be staying with, their telephone numbers, so they can contact them, my telephone number. And I was like, who did they hire? Who's all the staff they hired to chase this down? And they wanted me to confirm that I would promise to quarantine for 14 days and they were going to check on me. Now, that's bad. That's bad. But what was worse, this was the only state that I went to that actually had National Guardsmen at the gate with their rifles that would not let me out of the gate unless I had signed these papers. So, listen, I'm very happy that DeSantis changed his mind on this. <laughs> I'm very happy that he eventually opened up. Um, was that a Florida rule or a TSA something? I don't know. I don't know. But when I saw the National Guard there, that's not just TSA, is it? I don't know. It could have been could have been both, but been really nice if he would have said, hey, we're not doing that. Get those guys out of my airport. I mean, I'm sure he could have did something, but it felt like that was I mean. There was a lot of political. Plays that people were running during covid and everybody knew that it was going to be important if you took the right spot, the right took the right position on it. So. Um, who just somebody else just came in. You're running late. Oh, buddy, you can finally speak. Buddy, what's in your thread? Um, before I read what's in my thread, just a quick comment on that, because I do live in Florida. Man, you're right. It was back during the... Uh, I live in South Florida, so Southeast Florida would be exact. And on this, side of, on this side of the state, yeah, it was exactly how you described. Well, I, n- I never saw any National Guard. I did happen to travel through some air travel in between that time. I didn't see any guardsmen at our airports, but I wouldn't imagine that you, I, I would definitely, I'm, I'm sure that you, I'm, I definitely 100% believe what you're saying because it was insane. Like it was unimaginably one of the worst periods of, of my life just because of how people were treating one another and, just how weird the vibe was like everybody looked at you like something was wrong with you. And when you didn't, when you didn't, when you weren't falling in line with, with what everyone else was doing, 
you I would you would have thought people to just pick up their little pitchforks and, and try and get you up out of town. Like it was it was crazy. Like it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. And then I remember when we went to the West Coast to go to Founders. It was this was uh, my wife and I's first year going to Founders, and it was a completely it was completely different from the East Coast. Like nobody mm. was wearing masks. Everybody was just minding their business. I'm like, what is going on? And then when we after the conference was over, we drove back home, and it was like back back in uh back in back in jail. That's what it, it felt like. That like it was crazy. Like. Like and where I worked at the time, like where I worked at the time, if one person got in contact with somebody who had COVID or whatever, we was getting tests like every other day, almost like for the entire for like three, four months on end. It was it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Did, My goodness. Did, was it was it how the governor decided to act that changed the temperature for everybody else? Or was it or was it just the well? I'll say I'll put it this way. It was yes, but a lot of the like at the time we were living in Broward County, which is is right is in between Miami Dade County and Palm Beach County. And the the mayors of those of Miami Dade and Broward County were very resistant towards Governor DeSantis's his rulings and his recommendations like they didn't care like they really didn't care like Broward County is blue through and through um so and so is Miami-Dade County at the time because the election proved otherwise but like yeah they the the local the local government officials didn't care what the census had to say they did not care neither did like the 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 business owners and the school board none of that they had they didn't care they said we're gonna continue to wear these masks. By that point, we was like, "Nah, this is stupid. We ain't doing that no more." But like everyone else, like the the, the government officials and 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 everyone who works in sub subsets of the government, they was like, "We're gonna continue to do this because this pandemic is real, and we don't want to die." Blah 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 blah. Like it was mm. insane. Ugh. So going to the west, going to the west coast of Florida, I was like. I, this I'm like, where has this been my whole life? Because that was my first time going there, and um, if I felt free, like I felt free, I was like, wow, I missed this. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was. Did did is uh how is is everybody now kind of repented in Florida? Who you know, from where you're at at the east side, I guess are, are they more repentant now? Like, man, what were we thinking? No, man. No, 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 no. Okay. If we're talking from like the higher, a higher level of government, no. Some we still got people out here wearing masks. It's still it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. I, no, I can't. No, I just ran across a dude who was wearing a mask um, outside, and it was raining, and he had an umbrella. I just I couldn't. I almost yelled at him. But we you know, I, I, and it's, it's, go ahead. I, I was gonna say it's too hot to be wearing a mask anyway. It's hot all year round down here. It's hurricane season right now, so we're in the high 80s to 90s pretty much every day. It's like, why would you even want that on your face? Because you can't breathe. But I don't know. Teach his own. Yeah. Somebody, what's in your thread, man? Oh, by the way, I got to tell you, I really missed you, T3, on, on Tuesday, man. I was like, where's my tech people at? 
But we, we got it done. I was there, but I was working. So uh, I was listening, but I couldn't participate. Yeah, uh, I was watching on YouTube. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so so what's a, what's a good time for you? Because I got to figure this out because I want to get you in on some of the tech stuff. Um, I mean, anytime after like 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, we'll work on some times. I still don't have a time for all my stuff. But um, all right. So yeah. what's in your thread? now? What's in my thread? The the last few things that have been like over the last week, what's been popping up in my thread has to do with sex out like marriage and sex outside of marriage. Um, excuse me, marriage like having sex outside of marriage and and basically purity, right? Everything related to sexual purity. Hmm. And um, I've seen a lot of, and this has really been spats between. Christian women and um, pagans about whether or not having sex outside of marriage is beneficial to an individual. And I came across like I was just, I found a really good quote repost, but I lost it. But I found the original post. I just can't find the, the uh, individual who quoted this, this who quoted the post in opposition to what this lady was saying. But I mean, it, what this what the woman is describing um i'm sure the, the listeners here and yourself included have come across this woman's uh twitter x page uh she's called fem turn wife the feminist turn housewife and um she says sex outside of marriage never feels right and it's not and it's because it's sin people swear up and down they feel fine about it they don't they don't feel guilty they think it's great all day but they're just deceived. As someone who has sex before marriage, and now as someone in a marriage that God that is God centered, I can tell you, it doesn't compare this. It doesn't compare. This isn't anything to do with the quality of sex. You put that in quotes, but instead to do with the peace of mind and being right with God. Every time someone has sex outside of marriage, it is nothing more than using someone else to fulfill your own fleshly desires. Even between consenting adults, you are still causing that other person to sin and altering their relationship with God. This is why a man that is willing to have sex with you outside of marriage is worried about himself and his desires and a, and his desires. And a man that is willing to wait is concerned about yours. And the responses that this woman is getting in opposition to what she's saying, it doesn't surprise me because we because. Pagan's gonna pag, I get that. But it's 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 crazy and it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking for people, people actually believing that something is wrong with you if you wait your entire you wait until your your wedding your wedding night to have sex with somebody. And one of the the replies that I came across, someone posted about uh, some actress who said I can't remember the actress's name. But she said it's weird if a if a forty year old man only has four sexual partners. And I'm just kind of just scrolling through this, and I'm like, dude, like this is what all this this is what happens. Number one, this is what happens when you don't have men leading in the home. When, when, when fathers aren't when fathers aren't leading leading in the home when when they're not teaching their sons. How to, how to one of course, treat their mom, treat their mother, treat their sisters, treat their grandma, treat their aunties, their the other other young children in their churches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And instead, they're being taught by everything you see. You, you know, I, I know you got, I'm going to steal it from what y'all was talking about yesterday with the brother. But these men are learning this stuff from the Andrew Tates of the world and the Fresh and Fits and all these red pill bozos about male sexuality or just sexuality and what it means as a man, how you need to have all these different notches on your belt and how they don't value women. They see women as objects. And it's, it's, it's crazy because if, if we don't, like you said earlier, we don't engage this, this, this kind of mindset, this, this, this ideology will continue to, to infect the minds of, of people. Now, obviously we know that this philosophy, this, this, this way of thinking will not win. We know the gospel will pre- will crush this and prevail, but there's a lot of different things that can be done in real time. And number one, it does, like I said earlier, it starts in the home. And it starts in the home because I, I can guarantee if if this if this if this woman said this maybe 40, 50 years ago, 20. There will be no if there's if yeah. 20 years ago, the opposition would be a lot fewer than what it is right now. And it's crazy because I was talking to I was talking to my wife the other day and I was like, yo, babe, do you real? Well, she went she 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 went to a private school for her middle school and I went to public for middle through high. And I was like, yo, babe, do you understand the kind of things, and I was just describing like my middle school, my high school experience. And I was like, do you understand the kind of things that we were listening to? The kind of things that we were watching, the kind of things that we were engaging in as 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds? That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Did I freeze? Am I frozen? No, no, man. Oh, I no, you just, I'm just uh, processing what uh, you're saying. Oh, and, and, and it's like, cause like, like, yo, back in the, back in my, and I'm not that old, obviously, but when I was in middle school, well. I, I would think, <laughs> when, uh, when I was in middle school, thankfully, because I was just into sports and I was a nerd, I wasn't in this crowd, but there was a thing called, um, you remember a couple about, about 10 years ago, there was there had a thing called silly bands like that had different shapes, like rubber bands that like a dog, like a like a dog or or a Star Wars character or a whoever. Yes. It, they yes. just had different shapes before that. I would say about six, maybe five or six years before that. This wasn't I don't think this was known nationally, but at least in like the schools that in Broward, they had these things called um, sex bands. Yep. Now they were different different colors. Different colors would mean a different sexual act. And like the only way that act is quote unquote activated is if like someone like will walk up to you and just kind of like pull it back and so it can snap back on your wrist and then whatever happens, happens. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, who in the world did we did we think we were at that age? Like we were doing grown-up things and we were kids. And and that was and that was a result of the of us being raised by the culture instead of being raised by our parents. And now we're seeing people in their 20s, 30s, their their 20s and their 30s having these 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 having this um, thinking that, 
Well, yeah, it's it's perfectly normal by the time you're 18, 19, 20 to have over um, 10 sexual partners. Or when you when you, when you go off to college, that that's your time to explore your sexuality and sleep with as many people as you want to, because this is the last time you're going to be able to do something like that before you enter the quote unquote real world. And that's crazy. That is crazy. And I'm telling you, South Florida is a whole nother beast. It's a whole nother beast. Like the 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 type of just wickedness that is around this place is alarming. I remember when when we went to Founders, we actually befriended a family who we're, we're still close to now. We're tight with now, and he was telling me he was like, "Yo, when we he he said he went to the East Coast. He went to he went over. He went to Fort Lauderdale with his wife. I think they just went for like a getaway." Cause it's uh, like a getaway, and he was like, "Yo, how do you do it?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "How do you live in a place where there's so many rainbow flags?" Mm. And and I was like, and I like, and for the listeners who don't know, uh, who who went and who don't know, in Florida, there's a, a a city in Florida called Wilton Manors. Wilton Manors is the gayest city in Florida. It's actually right outside of Fort Lauderdale. It's basically. Uh, a, a stone's throw away from the city of Fort Lauderdale. And it's funny, as crazy as it, as crazy as it sounds, in Wilton Manors, there is a, um, like I said, it's the gayest city in Florida, and it's one of the wealthiest cities in Broward County. Like, them folks got money, and it's mm. crazy. And I, and I remember before I got into IT, there was a period in my life where I was trying to get into law enforcement. And at the church we used to go to, there was a brother in the church who was a sergeant at the Wilton Manors Police Department. So I got an interview, and he was prepping me for my interview for my oral board, all that stuff. And I did a, I did a few, I did a couple ride-alongs with one of the officers. And I remember just we were driving around, and I would, I would get out the car with her. While I would, do, I would, you know, do a lot of different things that you would do as a police officer. And I remember we were walking. We were walking to this build to this business area because there was a call about something, and there was a billboard of a, a man laying on a massage table, and he was being rubbed by another man. Now, for a second, I was confused because I'm like, "That's weird. You don't. That's not normal. You know what I'm saying?" Then I was like, "Oh, I forgot. I forgot where I was at that moment." <laughs> I forgot where I was, and, and like I, then I was like, okay, I'm like, yes, I'm in Wilson Manors. I need to remember, there's a whole lot of gay people here. But even even just that example alone, that example alone, I'll give you another one. When I was in high school, a friend of mine, she was turned, I think she was turning 18 or 17. I can't remember which which age she was turning. And she invited a few friends. I went to a different high school, but we went to the same middle school together. So she invited me, um, along with some of some of her other friends from their her from her school, to her birthday dinner. And it was at this place. I'm not even gonna name the name of the place because I don't want y'all to look it up. But at this place, there was a sign that says like family, like family show, and then they said 18 and older. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's kind of weird <laughs> because. Because it because it didn't look like the the place it didn't look like it had any like the out the the outside nor the interior looked like it would have any type of adult type of stuff going on. So we go inside, and then out of nowhere, 
it's a bunch of dudes in drag. Mm. Yep. Of course. Like serving, like like taking taking the order, serving the food, and they, they put on like a whole show. And dog, my appetite was gone. But mine's about to be lost right now. Th- you know, if you keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I wasn't I wasn't saved at that I wasn't saved back then but I knew this wasn't right <laughs> like I knew that wasn't right I knew that wasn't right and it took my appetite away from me and it, and I had to kind of keep my face together because obviously I was invited by my friend I didn't want her to feel like I was nah, you know, like I didn't want to be there nah bro but <laughs> nah, nah they should be but, ashamed of themselves on this one I would have made them feel so uncomfortable right. <laughs> I would have made them feel so uncomfortable and, and, and it's like and it's like I, I and, and I was just and I'm watching this. I'm like, and there's other like families in there, and I'm like, no families, families. should be here. Like, yes, families, because it was like a it was like a like a like a banquet hall, and I'm like, this is not family friendly at all. Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> this is evil and it's wicked. But this is hap- This is all over the East Coast. So. You were actually blessed to be on the West Coast, my man, because the East Coast is a whole other beast. Yeah, I am a little grateful that I wasn't. Yeah, beast, literally. You know, I just want to say something real quick about the, um, I've tried my best to try and keep these around 30 minutes. You took 20 of that up. I just want you to know that, Franklin. But you you missed two days, so I think it's rightly so that you kind of get that that time back. Uh, (laughs) And since nobody else wanted to talk because they wasn't as bold as you, except for Ellie, uh, I appreciate it. But I want to say something about the sexual stuff. You know, I think we need to remember, and and we miss a lot of this when it comes to, uh, to the world. When God made us, he made us as image bearers. Of who? Him. We bear his image. And when we bear that image rightly, we get a certain type of strength. We we are strong. We can function properly. We function normally. We operate in the po- in the highest possible peak operation we can operate when we are imaging him properly. One of the problems with sin and it's always the case is that it makes us weak. Sin and it has other problems to it. It's multifaceted, but one of the things is it makes you weak. And it makes you able to be controlled by another God. And when you sin, particularly sexual sins, because it's one of the ones that you sin against your own body because you're not even designed to be that way. It's literally redesigning your body when you sexually sin. It's, it's, it's breaking you. You become the most docile and able to be led because of sexual sin. God is not an adulterer. God is not a... Um, a fornicator, he actually commits to his bride. Christ commits to his bride and he dies for his bride and he has lived perfectly for his bride. And since you are made to image God, you, whenever you don't act like him, you are then becoming weak. Strong men learn how to discipline their desires. They learn how to save themselves for their wives. They learn how to image God properly. And what people don't tell you, and one of the things that we need to, um, one of the things that, oh, there, my guy just came in. All right, I'm going to give you a second to speak in just a second, bro. Paul, James, um, you can speak right after I get done. One of the things we don't tell people is that God has designed you this way so that you can be strong. Aldous Huxley really wrote a great book about this. Oh, as I was thinking about it, the name just, uh, the name just left me. 
Um, oh, what's the name of the book, guys? From Huxley. Uh, come on, team. Elle, you should know this one. Um, Is this the person who wrote Brave New World? Yes, that's the one. Thank you. You get $10 from somebody. Somebody gifts Ellie $10. Um, yes, Brave New World. You got to go read that book because he breaks this down. When you have people who run rampant in sexual promiscuity, you have a group of people that are easily controlled. Their diet and their disciplines. I love how Jason Farley says this. Sexual impulses and, and lust is a weak desire. And it's one of those weak desires that people can easily control. And you look at your politicians, how many of them have been broken by weak desires, oh, pastors, weak desires. They've never learned how to have properly ordered desires and learn how to put these other desires in control, um, put this desire in control particularly. And it comes in a lot of different ways. If you're a son, if you're raising your son, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings and Oh, yes. Ain't that the truth? This is Proverbs 31, three. Come on. The Famcast. I like you, Famcast. That's what's up. Oh, you're in both places. Famcast is watching on YouTube and uh, Famcast is inside of the spaces. I'm going to give you a chance to speak, Famcast. But we, your young man, this is a desires issue. We need to teach them to have strong desires, not weak desires. And we need to teach them how to control those desires and put them in the right place. My son, you want to get married? You want to have a wife? I want you to have a woman. They are great things to have. Absolutely amazing. Probably one of the best gifts in all the world. God gave, God gave us all this creation. And the crowning glory of it has one of the best things a part of it. His own crown. A woman. His woman that he commits his life to. Right? And she commits her life to him and submits to his mission. That is amazing. Let me show you how you get that. Uh, he needs to learn how to control his anger and be patient. The, the, I, I really believe that the requirements for an elder, a requirement for a man of God, is this the standard of a man. We should have men everywhere. That's just the basics. This is the man. This is what men do. This is what they look like. Here's a man, somebody who gardens his garden well like Adam so now he can be trusted with other things. And our churches should be, be full of men who are qualified to be elders. All right, James, you got the floor. How you doing, uh, Knox? What, doing, what's good, bro? I ain't talked to you in a minute. Good to hear you. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Well, that's your fault. Without a dope beat to step two. Without a dope beat to step two. All right, you Timberland lovers, enough right, of that. Timberland lovers, enough of that. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, I was just, I was just blown away by what Franklin was saying, and 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 also what you were saying about having men. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's not a lot of people that talk like that anymore. We really have a whole lot of either you're bashing men or you having a whole lot of Absalons. Um, mm. So you have the Andrew Tates, and mm. and sometimes even. Um, Jocko Willinks and and Jordan Peterson, who goes into the the epsilon. Even Jordan Peterson, he's far, he he been playing around. He'll get got, but um, that I'm, I'm realizing that our we are the the 
how can I say this? If men don't step up, um, the idols that are taking over the secular world uh, will continue to bleed over into the Christian world. And you'll see, you'll continue to see the, um, not the destruction of the church, the big C church, but local pockets um, getting destroyed by effeminacy and, and, and immodesty and, and all those things. Um, and one of those things that was, and I said, I'll just say one of those things that was in my thread uh, today was a, a post from Michael Foster that stood out to me about um, looking your son in your, in his eye and really telling them like you're proud of them and really encouraging your son to, that is, is good to be a man, obviously, but <laughs> Uh, really encouraging your son that you're proud of him. You, you he is where you want him to be, and 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 looking him in the eyes and telling him you love him. Not only do you love him, you like him, you appreciate him, and things like that. I think that's needed as we build warriors, as we build, build warriors for for the kingdom, um, as we build heroes. That we also let them know that that um, you and him are fighting alongside each other and not against each other. Um, and that's one thing I was thinking about when you, when Franklin was talking and when you were talking about um, the masculine nature of the elders and how that needs to be there. But that only can happen if you can have old men be masculine, but they never teach a young man to be wise and the young mm-hmm. man to, to follow suit. And you end up with the old man knowing a whole lot of things, but everything else falls apart when that, when that patriarch dies. And we can't have that. We got to have... We, we do a whole lot of outsourcing our training to other people. So we got, we got abundance of youth, youth group, dare, uh, double dare games, and all these other things that outsource things. And we as, as men need to be a, a, a little bit better um, and a little bit more focused on really looking our sons in, our eyes, in their eyes and, and training them and teaching them to desire the, the wisdom um, and I learned that from Doug Wilson that the the persona of um, of of being wise or the persona of wisdom is a woman because it's something that men should desire and women should want to emulate. Um, mm. And that stood out to me a lot. Mm. So just looking your man, looking your son in the eyes and, and directing him and leading him. Um, yes, the scriptures. Yes, the. Uh, the the going through the the scriptures and what the scriptures say, but also personally, hey son, I'm proud of you. Um, I got your back. I'm your dad. You you I'm, I'm I have you wherever wherever you go. I got your back. Um, and, and things like that too. So I don't know. I was thinking about that, so I wanted to step in. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it on the other I, side. Gonna, I, gonna I think you're right. I'm gonna side. mute your mic real quick, bro, because uh, I'm coming through too. Um, I'm gonna switch it on the other side. If you are a man, if you've grown up and you didn't hear that, I'm speaking about a guy like me, didn't hear that from his father, wasn't really discipled at all by his father. Uh, I have probably until about, I'll tell you this, my dad up until about nine years old was really in my life and he was helpful in anchoring some things in me that I don't think if I didn't have a father from for that nine years, I wouldn't have had. Hard work, great ethic and hard work, respect for women even though he wasn't as respectful as he should have been. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that he definitely anchored there. But when I got older, I didn't have that so much. And there wasn't really a man in my life to show me what manhood was like moving on from about 11 on up. So I had to find that in other places. 
One of the things that I had to put to death and that I still put to death, and I think a lot of men who have grown up without fathers need to put to death, is getting pats on the back from other people. We tend sometimes, men without fathers, run around looking for other men to find pleasure in them because they suffer from father hunger. And I'm not talking about something I don't know about. I'm telling you about stuff I done lived. We look for a man, another man, and sometimes, and this is a sad truth, when you got a mom and you wasn't raised by a man, you start looking for that in women. You start looking for women to pat you on the back for doing such a great job. And so then you start pandering to them just to get the pat on the back because you wasn't raised to recognize, to know what hard work was. And when you've accomplished something and your dad's saying, you know, you did good. We should be like, and so this is, so that's one, we have to work that out of us, man. We have to learn how to be objective and know when we've done something right and something good because that lack of, Hey, Brian is here. Brian Moses, what's up, man? That lack of having a father there makes us manipulable to every other people and other folks and other things and women because we don't have a good objective standard of what masculinity and manhood is. And we have to go and recover that because then we go looking and say, oh, if we do something that we know is right, that we know is just. And if we don't get the pats on the back, you know, what we end up doing. I guess I was wrong. I guess I need to say sorry. It's like, no, I know this was right. I've been practicing what right is for years. I'm a man. I build stuff. Right. And so when we we have to get that in the same way that our sons need to know what it's like to be a man, we also need to raise our son. And I completely agree with Foss. I have no problem with that. I, I, I'm with that. Um, so everything you just said, bro. But we also got to raise our sons to know when they got it right. Don't let nobody else tell them that they're wrong. Don't don't just do it because of the claps and the pats on the back. And so reinforcing the so making sure our sons know like the father takes complete joy in the son. We should have that same disposition towards our children. They should know that we're, we feel I'm well pleased with you. Wow, I'm, I'm so blessed that God gave me you. That should be in all of our that should even be in our disciplines of our children. Right. They should feel all of that. They should know that when daddy is disciplining me because dad wants the best for me. And so are we modeling that type of attitude, even in our discipline to bring our kids along in that way? And so but we also need to make sure that our kids aren't running for the approval of every other every other person and for the applause of everyone else, that they know what right is and they learn what was right and what was wrong from their parents who taught them the word of God, which goes back to family worship. Oh, if Dave Reese was here, he'd be so happy to jump in right now. Guys, I have talked to people who are willing to do the hard thing. They are willing to run for mayor. They're willing to run for Congress. They're willing to run for president. They're willing to run a race. They're willing to go to another country and lay down their lives. They're willing to do it all. But family worship. Oof. Oh, every day, twice a day in the morning, then evenings. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Is that necessary? <sighs> Guys, you mean to tell me you can't square off 15 minutes of your time in a day to sit down and teach your children the word of God? Maybe even more. Find more time. I don't know. 
but you can't do it. I dare you. I dare you right now. I dare you to take your cell phone out and look at how much screen time that you've spent on your phone accumulated. Add it all up. I dare you. Dare you. Double dare you. Add it all up. And then you take that and you write that number down. And I want you to take it to God and say, see, God, this is why I can't do family worship. And I'm sure you won't hear an audible voice from God, but everything about you should cringe at that moment. Wives as well. I, I, yes, yes. But if those wives have husbands, they should be leading the charge. But this would be a great place for the wife to just grab the Bible and hand it to her husband and say, here you go, baby. What are we reading tonight? <laughs> here you go. What, what, what you teach us tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I, was, I was just thinking about that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll get some snacks, some goods. We all going to gather around. Do the, do, the, do the hospitality thing, wives. If you can't say amen, you got to say ouch. The fam cast, they at work. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all saying amen. Look, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Take that time. When you go through and you're teaching your kids the word of God, it humbles you. It humbles you. And you get a chance to go before the Lord and say, Lord, anything that I do that is not in faith will fail. And I need you to work this out. And so I'm trusting you. I'm going to bring the word to my family and, and I'm going to labor in love with my family. But Lord, you're going to have to be the one to change hearts. You're going to have to be the one to transform this because I'm not capable of doing that. And so you and layer, if you believe that God is going to work and God is going to do what he said he's going to do, well, then do the things that believes that. Sit down with your family, have prayer, sing some psalms. Oh, sing some psalms. Teach your family. Look, if you don't have your kids, here's, here's my test. If you don't have your kids naturally busting out in random moments at the house, singing psalms, singing the word of God, humming the melodies from church, you need to. That's a sign you haven't dialed it up high enough. Because if your kids run around singing Taylor Swift more than they're singing any of the Bible verses, I'm not saying they can't sing other songs, but boy, these songs should be permeating their heart because you're planting it there. I was talking about this yesterday. We make the arrows and how your kids look. That's the that's telling on the design of the arrow maker. Are they saturated in scripture? Are they saturated in the word of God? Do they bust out in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs? Do they have a thirst for the scripture? Are they convicted by sin? Do your little ones know when the table's passing? Oh, I'm getting some stuff right there. We ain't talking about paedophilia communion yet. We ain't talking about it. Everybody likes till you start talking about that. Everybody likes till you start talking about that. Ain't that right, Brian? <laughs> I'm serious, though. Give yourself. Find. Look, something got to go. If you can't find time to do family worship in your house, then your priorities are wrong. Dot the end. I will not. I will not take that back. If you don't find time to do family worship in your house, then your priorities are wrong and you need to get them right. Something else has to go. Figure out what that thing is and it has to go. Okay, listen, Samuel. Uh, 
I'm going to let you. Well, hold on, Sam. You didn't share this, Samuel. Do you not know the rules? If you want to talk in this space, Samuel, you have to. A.D. Robles is here. A.D., I'm not going to. I'm going to hold you in the same standard. Uh, (laughs) If you want to talk and you request to speak, I don't mind at all. I want to talk to you, but you have to have shared this show in order to engage in conversation. So, A.D., I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm not going to hold you to that one. Here's why. Here's why. Because AD is sponsoring, uh, I believe, some, one of the psalm, part of the psalm singing at the Fight Laugh Feast conference in, um, in, in Kentucky. At, oh, Brian's here too. Well, come on in, Brian. Uh, at the Ark Encounter. So I'm about to see AD. And AD, I just want to know, how come you didn't tell me about the uh, Christian nationalism dress code, bro? Like, you sitting up here, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be wearing hoodies and um and and jackets together and you didn't tell me and so if you're gonna blast somebody over that man could you please let me know so i can get the dress code next time dog all right sammy i'm looking at your page again to see if you shared this um oh he did sammy. and if anybody's got thread i was just gonna say if anybody's got thread material that would be ad <laughs> all right samuel you're in ad just wants to listen Ad, I know how I know what kind of job you got. You just don't want to speak. I know you ain't shy. Come on in, Ad. All right, Samuel, you got the floor. What's up, man? Hey, can you hear me? I do. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving me an opportunity to speak. Uh, just a quick comment. Um, I didn't. <clears throat> my parents, you know, we didn't. We went to church when I was a kid. We went to church when it was convenient. And lo and behold, means you never really went to church. And uh, when we did go to church, we went to, you know, the popular kind of mega church in town. <clears throat> and for a brief period after my parents divorced uh, for a few months, my dad was taking us to church. And it was the same church, but we were going, you know, kind of consistently. And, and he started doing family worship. Um, and you know, that didn't last, but, um, and one of the things I just wanted to say was, uh, um, even though we didn't do it a lot and, you know, especially, you know, before the divorce, I mean, we, we never did it. Um, but one of the things he said to me one night is to, to me and my sister, um, he told me essentially that, uh, that God dwells in unapproachable light and that, you know, he can't just be approached because he's, you know, he is this, you know, ultimate, all powerful, just infinite light. And I was probably 10 or 11 at the time. um, And that just blew my mind. I had never heard anything like that before. And, um, so, and, you know, if, if that blew my mind about <laughs> God dwelling in unapproachable light, how much more, if you do that every day, <clears throat> excuse me, every day for, you know, 16, 18 years, you know, Samuel, that's good, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I can't, I can't agree with Samuel more. I mean, the kind of things that you get to talk about with your kids about God and the things that they get to pick up on in Scripture. 
and the things you get to pick up on. And then let me tell you what happens when you start having dinner at your table. The Christian comedy comes out. Don't be like Balak. It didn't end so well for him. (laughs) Hey, stop your complaining. Oh, it's amazing. A.D., you should be to know how this works. Just hit the accept the comment thing, and then you can speak. I know you're grilling, but that we're all doing something, A.D. People are at work. You can jump right on in here. He's trying to say he literally doesn't know how this works. Um, well, I, I'm not at the – it's not that I don't want to talk. It's that I literally have no idea how this works. Well, you accept the speaker thing first. It's all good, though. I'm grilling meat anyway. Okay, now you really have to come in and talk because i got to know what kind of meat you're grilling and why come I didn't get an invite. All right, so while you're accepting the speaker invite – <clears throat> yeah, I'm putting some pressure on you, bro. I don't care if you're a sponsor. I'm putting some pressure on you. I'm just, I got to know about the hoodie. We got to talk about this wardrobe. I got to know what kind of meat you're cooking. So while AD is coming in, let's, uh, let's have the FamCast. They just got their, they just accepted the right to speak. FamCast, you there? Yeah. Hey, Knox, can you hear me? I do hear you. Hey, awesome. I, I, you mean to tell me I'm opening up for AD? That's, that's, what a privilege, man. I'm, I'm the opening act for AD. But That's kind of wild, man. It depends on how um, good you are, so you better jump to it. No, <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, I got you, man. Thank you for, uh, for letting me on. But, uh, hey, kind of p- piggybacking off of what the last brother said, man, the, the family conversations, that's really why we started our little, you know, it's a little hobby, you know what I mean, when we record our little conversations and stuff, but there's nothing more edifying than than sitting around the table with your family, with your kids, and and just talking about the Lord and, and trying to understand how that applies to every part of life. And, and it's, and it, man, praise God for the gospel. Going back to what the other brother was saying um, about just learning to be a man and all that. Yeah. And all the crazy stuff you see in public school. You know, when, when I think about me growing up without a dad, I, it just amazes me that, that God would cut that cycle in my life. You know what I mean? And, and to, to, to have him, cut that off and now he is my father and now i'm getting to share what i'm learning from him with my kids and that cycle's been broken bro yeah. it's just it's amazing it's mind-blowing man but uh i, I do want to you know I, I thought about something when you were talking about how people uh rather be a mayor than disciple their kids and you know that's you know that's a little convicting you know i, I came to faith a little older i was almost 30 uh but my kids were still young um and i think man I think people kind of disregard the discipleship of their kids because they're, they're thinking that they're like, I, like I, I'm thinking about future and maybe I'm not going to be mayor, but I'm, I'm discipling up the, the mayor in my house, you know, 10, 15 years from now or 20 years from now. Facts. It, it kind of, it's, it's a little bit selfish, man. It's a little bit selfish where it's like, Oh, the Lord saved me. He's going to use me and I'm going to be president. It's like, nah, bro, he's using you. To, to fix fix this household yes. and train up the, the president, you know, so in the future. But all right, bro, I, I got to get back into work. Um, Yo, so I, I appreciate you, man. Let me get on and, and spit that. I appreciate you jumping in, taking time off of your, you know, you weren't even grilling. You was at work and you stopped for a moment to talk to us. So I just appreciate that, uh, FamCast. Thank you so much. Unlike AD, who's actually a friend of mine, I've actually sat down to eat with that man. And he won't even come in this to try and chat, say hello and tell me what kind of food he cooking. That's all right, AD. I ain't mad at you. But it's only popping when I see you at the conference. It's only popping. If you feel like a squirt gun shooting you the back of the neck, don't look behind you. Just know it's me. That's it. All right. My man Brian Motes is in here. I got to talk to Brian over at Theophilus. What's up, bro? Hey, brother. How are you? You got the floor, man. 
Man, I don't know how much I can add. I mean, this has been great. The few minutes I've been in here, I would uh, reiterate just that everything flows from the uh, identity that God has given us from our baptism, from the garden. Oh, you know, uh, yes. at the very beginning of the Bible, we have this garden with a river that flows out to the four corners of the earth. And everything, and that's a garden sanctuary. Everything flows out of that garden to the rest of the world. And Adam and Eve were called to not just stay in the garden, but to go out and cultivate. And their, their seed were to do the same thing. And you see the same thing with the tabernacle and the temple. You know, you have this vision in Ezekiel of that water flowing out of the temple and into the land and then it going over your feet and your ankles and it becoming a river. And, you know, the kingdom, that's what the kingdom's up to. The kingdom is spreading like that. And we're little microcosms of that. We're little pictures of that. So when you're talking about fathers, you know, the culture of your family flows from you to everyone around you. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're encouraged. And, and the same thing with our children. You know, there's plenty of times when my, my son has been a you know, he's only nine years old, but he is a light in this neighborhood that we live in. Our our home is the home where all the ragamuffin kids from the neighborhood descend on to play every afternoon. And he is spreading and giving life and light to those around him um, because life flows from the garden. Life flows from us. We are when we were baptized, we were put into that river and we we give life from the living waters that are that are in and on us. And so, absolutely, and and God is so faithful to use these small acts of obedience. You know, we, of course, we train our boys and, and our children to, you know, we like to use this language of, um, you know, kill dragons and build kingdoms, and all that is absolutely, amen and true. But we forget to sometimes mention that, like, the kingdom is built through millions of acts of small faithfulness every day. That's right. You know, I don't if I didn't have a uh, any kind of online presence or some of the best men I know are, don't even use the internet every day. Facts. They're just waking up. They work. They read the Bible to their kids. They sing hymns and psalms like you were talking about. They're faithful churchmen and elders. And they're changing the world through their, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight kids that are being raised in a place of peace and joy and faithfulness. Um, if you're if you're given those types of platforms, then we need to use those things well. Things like you're trying to do here, Knox, but um, if we're, we get, we also need to remind our, our young men, like living a great life for the King, um, can be a peaceable and quiet one, like Paul talks about. Um, or it could be one where you're going down and, and chopping down the, the oak of uh, unrighteousness. Um, but, uh, both lives are, are equally faithful and good and true and beautiful. And yeah, life flows from our identity. Life flows from our baptism. Life flows from the church and, just thought about that when you were talking about the kids singing throughout the house or in the backyard, you know, um, what's our primary culture? What's our primary identity? You know, Psalms and hymns need to become our common language. The, the way the Bible sees the world needs to become our common sense, <laughs> the way that we view the world. Um, and so I think as more and more dads and, and, and moms can continue to live out what you're talking about here, uh, that the kingdom is going to continue to grow and, and we're going to see more and more of the glory of God covering the earth. What am I supposed to say after that? You know? Yeah. Can I add one more thing? No. Of course. (laughs) Well, now at the Oregon, I think uh, just obliterated (laughs) it from my mind. So I think we're good to go. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, Teaching your kids um, again, again with identity. Um, and being, you were talking about like not needing the praise of men. 
I think when we, if we really understood our baptisms, if we really understood yes. who we are in Jesus, like, man, on. I can't get no higher than that. Like, Come on, I, man. I can't get any higher than who God says I am. And so when someone praises me for X, Y, Z thing that by God's grace, I do well, receive that with humility. But man, uh, don't get too high on yourself. Like God, we, we like to say that God deserves all the praise, but man, we have so many opportunities to give him all the praise for our every good thing in our life. And if someone criticizes us unjustly or, you know, like you were talking about someone lying about your child or something like that, and then needing to stand their ground, that's the same thing. It's not based in some kind of uh, macho Come on. egotism. It's, it's based in who God has said that we are. That's, that's the basis for everything. Brian, what's your podcast? I don't have a podcast. I mean, I produce the Theopolis podcast and the Civitas podcast, but I don't have a podcast of my own. I'm, this is, uh, if I come on here enough, you know, I know, right. (laughs) This This is is my (laughs) Brian day on Thursdays. (laughs) No, I just like talking to you, man. But, uh, no, I don't have a podcast at this time. Brother, you are welcome. Anytime anytime you want to have like a conversation or whatever you want to come on, you're more than welcome to come on. I appreciate every time you bring parts of it that fill out everything I say. And so, yeah, you're like, you know, honorary Mm. co-host. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll I'll take it. Uh, But I I do want to push the Theopolis app though. Because, man, there's so much goodness in there. I've been spending, if everybody can just go and download the Opolis podcast, the Opolis app inside of there. Oh, I don't know if you have to be a member to get this, but there's one on. Nos- I can, uh, here's the thing. You're talking to the inside guy. So if it's not free, I'll make it free for the next day or two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do this. this. Let's do this. Because here's what I want everybody to go listen to. I want everybody to download the Theopolis app. Download James Jordan on Gnosticism. I think it's, there's two of them, but well, just the first. How about one. this? I'll put it. I'll put it on the homepage. How about that? How about a Knox pick right there on the homepage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put. I'm telling everybody. Go do. Listen. Th- this is and this is so important because I don't even. There's so. I've been talking with Jason Farley for two years about Gnosticism, and part of our mm. conversation is how do we break it because we're so involved into it that everything that we do we think we're doing it in a, the wrong mindset. The blessing of God is though, that the table and baptism even transcend our ability to be Gnostics. So it keeps us from going. It's like a, 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 a fail safe, you know, but what happens when we actually understand what's going on and that that is the center point of reality. And that's really the cosmology of the world. And the baptism is your identity marker. What is what is going on? Why is transgenderism running so rapid inside of the youth these days more than any other place? It's because we haven't given our kids the identity that they need in Christ. That is a parenting problem mm-hmm. that we have to come and fix. That's that's on us. And we need to be the ones marking our kids and saying, listen, when we walked into the world, we didn't get a chance to choose our parents. We didn't get a chance to choose the state we were born in. We didn't get a chance to choose the country we were born in. We didn't get a chance to choose our own name. Where we are going to be mm-hmm. raised? That was all covenantally given to us. It's not an accident that God has given you these children. They belong to him. Everything you're going to do with your child is going to be based off the biblical standard. When you spank them, are you basing it off a secular standard? Or you say, oh, kid, you're not acting like a Christian, so tat, 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 tat. <laughs> Did you just spank your kids because they weren't acting like a Christian? Then baptize them. <laughs> what are you doing? How do you spank them if you ain't baptized them? Ah, 
All right. Before I get in trouble, Brian, you got anything you want to say before I end? No, man, that, that is now, uh, on the homepage of the Theopolis app for free. So y'all enjoy that one. It's, it's outstanding and it's honestly worth a few listens. So it really is. Um, yeah, give it a listen or two. Yeah. I'll go listen to it. All right. So today was almost a failure, but a few folks came in and helped thread inception Thursday. This was supposed to be the day that we crowdsource the content and I'm not talking so much. I talked way too much. Should have been y'all talking. So I'm thankful for Brian, for Franklin, for my guy, James, AD never popped in here. Um, Foundcast, thank you guys. Ellie, thank you guys for joining me and crowdsourcing this content. Everybody on Facebook and YouTube, your comments were great. I gave you a link and none of you came into the video side of this. You could have, but you didn't. I'm judging you. Yes. Hey, go do something radical tonight. Have family worship with your family and then disciple your wives at the same time. It's worth it. It's going to change the world. Just right there, what you're doing in your home. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, yeah, go baptize them. This is Knox Unleashed. Threat Inception Thursdays. Yeah, yeah.